The dynamic ministry of Pastor Mark has blessed hundreds of lives across the globe. In this message, you'll be informed by the Word of God, reformed by the love of God, and transformed by the power of God as Pastor Mark takes us through a journey of the revealed Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word. Many times I want to share messages you can relate to 
things that you you know firsthand so that you can appreciate the word of God more. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. So um, back in school, um, I remember when I first entered the boarding house. The first night in the boarding house, 5 a.m. Former boys, former boys. I was in and I was on the top bed. And we have fetched water, you know, and put by the bedside. So that was sorry, I know what I'm going to do. The seniors told us that if you know what is good for you, fetch your water this evening before tomorrow morning. Ah, former boys. Then come and see everybody was you know, jumping everywhere. And I also jumped from the top bed. Oh, before I knew that I was in the bucket of water. <laughs> I landed safely in the bucket of water. Then form, form two lines, form two lines. Then we all form. Say, hey, how did they call it? Those of you who want to preserve, what did they call that thing? It's been so many years ago. Say, four lean or something like that. Or one straight line or something like that. Then we were all standing there. Then the senior began to mention names. Your name, he said, Yes, sir. He said, No, don't respond like that. Make it loud. Say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm saying, Hey, Iran, yes, sir. Did I come to school or I came to barracks? As if that wasn't all, he said, Go back to bed. They woke us up around three, they go back to bed. Around five, from one voice, I saw my police jumping, running out of the room. I was here, bang, bang, bang. They were coming down the staircase. They were moving to the, they said, Get to Area. There was a place in prison, they call it the drying area. That's where we wash clothes. So that, that's where we come and stand, and then they'll give you your allocation for the morning. So the senior will look at your face and uh, you take toilet one to seven. <laughs> you, you are only toilet one to seven. You, <laughs> seven to fourteen. If during intercom you collected a senior's girlfriend or a girl he was eyeing, you in trouble. Or by, I see you, you are taking one to fourteen. <laughs> Imagine scrubbing 14 toilets before going to class and you are not able to bath because those days in Presec there was water shortage. I don't know if your time there was water, but our time Charlie you have to go to the bubble. Just imagine after 14 encounters. You couldn't take your bath. You wear your dress like that. You know. So that roll call thing, we really understand it. There were times too, after dining, they would do the roll call. You hear the dining prefect, um, all house six, all our boarding house students wait behind after dining. Then we'll do a quick roll call. Then when we get to the Charlie, they'll do roll call. <laughs> I hear they do. You know, you will be the one asking. Charlie, I hear they do roll call. Who we do one? They will mention that we eat. And normally the main prefects are very good. The assistant one more. Assistant one for more. Charlie, it be Osman. There was one guy who called Osman. Oh man! When this guy is talking, his mouth doesn't move. When he comes, please, I didn't hear you. you give me a facial expression. Give them. So I've experienced what it means to work. To go through a roll call. Many of you have experienced the same. Sometimes it's after very important activities in um, on campus, then we'll just do some impromptu roll call. And you know that Charlie, you are not there, you are on campus, so, but you are not where you are supposed to be. For example, it was dining time, you were washing. You still miss the roll call, even though you are on campus, because at that time you are not supposed to be washing. You are supposed to be at the dining area. Then let's say they announce general labor, whatever it is, groundswork. Then during groundswork, you were in the classroom mowing. Then after the groundswork, they did roll call. You were not there. Were you on campus? Yes. But you were not where you were supposed to be. So that was the foundation we began to lay with the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 9. God came around to where he was expecting Adam to be. When he got there, Adam was not there. Adam! Adam, where are you? It's not like God didn't know where Adam was. Because many times when God is asking you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Yeah. When God is asking you a question, he wants you to ask yourself that same question. Mm. So when God says, where are you? He wants you to ask yourself, where am I? Wow. 
Not because God didn't know where Adam was. He was posing that question to Adam so that Adam can check himself. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And the Bible says that Adam was nowhere to be found where God had put him. Adam was put in the garden to dress the garden and to what? To keep it. When God came, he was not dressing the garden. He was not keeping it. He was busy eating fruit <laughs> from a tree that God had told him not to eat from. God had told him not to eat from the tree. And if God says don't eat from the tree, it means don't go close to the tree in the first place. He was very intelligent. When the serpent asked, he said, God said we should not even touch the fruit. Because you can't eat the fruit without what? Touching, Touching it. But Adam was sitting up. After eating the fruit, he was taking shade from the tree. <laughs> and God came and he wasn't around. Long story short, Adam was debodenized. Yes. Hallelujah. Adam was what? Yes. God said, my friend, get out of the garden. You have missed my roll call. Get out of the garden. And Adam was expelled from the garden. Then we saw another young man who didn't miss roll call. God did three roll calls. The guy didn't miss any of them. He was, you know, Samuel was like those students on campus. Everything, they are there. <laughs> when the teacher announces or the teacher gives an assignment and everybody forgets, those people, they don't forget. That was how Samuel was. Teacher comes to the class. He says, say, uh -huh. you have a question. Say, you gave us an assignment. Say, cool. <laughs> After class, the way that guy will not chop insults and beatings. Someone was like that. There are some people, they never miss roll calls. Everything they were there. Even though they are doing, uh, how do you call it? Presbyterians who they used to do something they call something, is it um, ceremonial day or something like that? That that service takes like six hours. <laughs> you will sleep and wake up, sleep and wake up, sleep and wake up, sleep and wake up. <laughs> so, when you are going for that service, you look for the back bench. Almost 30 and now you'll the phone. Google Yelena, we are singing the school and then they are Those guys will sit for the six hours and tell you everything that happened. That was how Samuel was. He didn't miss any roll call. God came the first time. Samuel Samuel said, yeah, man. God went and came back. Samuel Samuel said, yeah, man. He went and Adam, one roll call, he missed it. He means that Adam was misbehaving in the garden. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, were you missing roll calls in school? Now, why am I saying all of this? So that when I take off, you can relate to the message. Yeah. Are you with me? Now, whenever a roll call is conducted, it means there is an expectation. I'm beginning to narrow down my message because there are a thousand and one things I can say in relation to the roll call. But the, one of the things I want you to understand this morning is that Anytime a roll call is conducted, it means there is an expectation. Back in primary school, those of you who went to school, <laughs> early in the morning, your teacher will take a register. Um, Bomita coffee, presence. Amenyadro Evelyn, presence. What are some of the powerful names you are hearing those days in school? Elepechi. Elepechi David. Simply, you know, calling out names 
using what? A certain list. To be sure if the person involved is present or absent. It is also practiced in the military. In fact, in the army, they can do like seven robots in a day. Yeah. That is how disciplined the system was. Back in Boku, anytime I was going to work in the mornings, you will see the policemen in front of the police barracks. They have formed like six lines, and then you know there's a man holding a paper. I'm sure they are doing roll call. They do roll call for even the guns. They have numbered the guns or the AK-47. So they mention, uh, they, they, they know who they gave it to. So when they mention your name, they mention the gun. If you come and the gun does not come in, the gun has missed the roll call. And you must provide the, you must tell us where the gun is. Hallelujah. So even guns will be rolled off for guns. Praise the Lord. So it is something that is practiced across board. Sometimes in some organizations, they do roll calls in the morning. Yeah, some of you who work in very strict work environment. Not like some of you where you work like three weeks, you don't go, nobody knows. No, this one, every morning they check. Say, okay, this person is not at work, then, you know, Especially in these Chinese companies, every morning, if you miss work call, they deduct from your salary. Yeah. So there is a penalty for missing a roll call. In our work system, in the army, it can be very bad. If you miss a roll call in the army, the punishment you go through, even your unborn children will feel it. It's very serious. We all saw what happened to Adam when he missed the roll call. And so, what I want us to look at in narrowing the message is the expectations of God for your calling. When a teacher calls your name during uh, in the mornings, there is an expectation. He's expecting a present say. There should be a response coming from what? The name that was called. Hallelujah. Amen. All your teacher needs is for you to respond present say. All the military commander or the army commander is expecting is a yes sir, present sir. Then you add attention to it. Is that it? Yes sir. But with God, God is not looking for yes sir, I am here, no. God is not looking for just a verbal response. He is looking for what? An actual response. Stop your neighbor and say, God, God. isn't just looking for a verbal response, but an actual response. Hallelujah. So we are talking about the expectations of God for your calling. When God calls you, what are his expectations? The teacher is expecting a present say. Present madam. Hallelujah. And some of the confused students, even though the teacher is a woman, they will say present say. Are you following what I'm talking about? The army commander, there is an expectation he has when he mentions your name. When God calls you by name, the Bible says that God knows us by name. Yeah. Hello? Hi. So the songwriter said the other day, He knows my name. Hallelujah. So that was an indication that God knows you by name. Some of you, God even knows your nicknames. Yeah, okay. You think God has no nicknames? There were some people in the Bible that Jesus himself gave nicknames. Yeah. I have prophesied to people before and I mentioned their nicknames. Yeah. How did I know their nicknames? It means that in the realm of the spirit, it is what? It is there that that's your nicknames. Some of some people's nicknames are abortion. Abortion, that's the person's nickname. So the person's destiny has been aborted. Any good thing that comes to their life, aborted. But anytime somebody mentions that name, something must be aborted from your life. Amen. So God knows you by name. And all of us as believers, we belong to a certain list. We are on a certain list. The Bible says that in heaven there are books. It says books were opened. The Bible also attests to the fact that there is a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And anybody whose name was not found, it means that there is a book, there is a list that contains our names. Hallelujah. Amen. And so time without number, there are times that a roll call will be conducted, a name or somebody's name will be called out. And when God calls your name, there is an expectation. I began to study something very interesting and I discovered that in the Bible, there are eight people seven people sorry that god mentions their names twice 
okay. in the same sentence. Do you know, like I was saying, in the roll call, sometimes your name has to be mentioned more than once. Are you following what I'm talking about? There are about seven people that God mentions by name more than once in the same sentence. We just do that one right now in First Samuel chapter what? 3 verse 10. Look at what the Bible says. Then the Lord came and stood and called us at the previous times, Samuel. Samuel. This was God mentioning Samuel's name twice in the same sentence. And so I discovered that these seven people stand out as people who were able to answer and respond to God's roll call for their callings. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this morning, briefly, we are going to be looking at one of them. And so I want you to journey with me to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Are you with me? Yes, sir. If you are with me, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh-huh. Is it ready? Genesis 22, verse 11. Verse 11. If the NLT is available, can you give it to me? At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. What did the angel of the Lord say? Yes, Abraham replied, Here am I. Let's take it again. One, two, three. Let's go. Uh huh. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Uh -huh. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, Here I am. Hallelujah. Amen. So for every roll call, there is a here I am. There is a place you are supposed to be in order to respond to a roll call. Like I have cited before, you can't respond to a roll call that was done in the assembly hall if you are in the dormitory. Yes, sir. You cannot respond to a roll call which was done on the field if you are in the classroom. So for you to answer a roll call, every for every roll call or for every calling in God, there is a here I am. That here is very strategic. And so what I want you to understand this morning is that there is an expectation of God for your calling. And there are certain places God expects you to be when he calls you. Mm. You are with me, say amen. amen. There is a place that God expects you to be when he calls you. For the sake of time, I will give you the background of the scripture we just read and then I progress. Now, this was when Abraham had given birth to Isaac, fresh, fresh. And Isaac had grown up to a certain point. And God came to Abraham and said, listen, I want you to sacrifice this guy to me. I want you to give me this guy as an offering. And so the Bible says that Abraham took his son, carried him to the mountain in order to sacrifice him. Mind you that it was when Abraham got to the mountain that God called his name. It means that the expectation of God was that Abraham would be where? At the mountain top. God didn't do the roll call when he was in the house. God didn't do the roll call when he was on his way to the mountain. God only called him when he was at the mountain. So God's roll call is not where you are. He does his roll calls where he expects you to be. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty better than you are. Yes. God expected Abraham to be at the mountain. And so ladies and gentlemen, the first expectation of God for your calling, for your life, as it relates to your calling, is that God expects you to be at the place of sacrifice. Mm. The place of sacrifice. Yeah. That is God's first expectation. When God calls you, if indeed you have a calling of God upon your life, the first place that God expects you to be is to be at the place of sacrifice. The place of sacrifice. And throughout this month, I'll be showing you places you have to be so that you won't miss the roll call. Yes, sir. The first place you have to be is the place of sacrifice. For every calling in God, there is a corresponding sacrifice. Every calling in 
there is a sacrifice. Tap your neighbor and say, for every calling, for every calling there, is there is a sacrifice. Any calling that is not backed by sacrifice will end up as a miscall. There are many people who attest, eh, God has called me to be a prophet to the nation. God has called me to be a global minstrel, to be a singer. God has called me to be a kingdom financier. God has called me to be a revivalist. God has called me to be A, B, C, D. Very nice. The question I want to ask you is, what sacrifice are you making for that call? God expects you to be at the place of sacrifice. I want to ask you this morning. You said God has called you. Yes. Prophets have told you we thank God for that. You have seen it in visions and dreams. Very wonderful. What price are you paying for that call? God expected Abraham to be at the place of sacrifice. That mountain was not the mountain for resting and recreation, for enjoyment. It's not like the mountains we all see that people just go and then you are overlooking the Adomic Bridge. This mountain is beautiful. No, there was a mountain of sacrifice. Every calling must be answered by a sacrifice. Hello? Hi. Are you here with me? Yes, sir. Ask your neighbor, what, what sacrifice are you making? Sacrifice are you making? Let me ask the right neighbor. Say, what sacrifice, what sacrifice are you making? Are you making? The place of sacrifice. That is the first expectation of God when he calls you. When the roll call is done for your life, God expects to find you making sacrifices for your calling. Yeah. He, want, he expects to find you at the place of sacrifice. And ladies and gentlemen, in order to walk in this room, there are five things you need to sacrifice. Five what? Five things you need to sacrifice. Number one. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Are you being blessed by the message? Yes. Alright, the first thing you need to do or to sacrifice is number one, your investments. Do you know that Isaac, I don't think you know the Abraham and Isaac story, so I don't need to even give you the background of it. Do you know that Isaac was a hundred year investment? Yeah. Hello? Yes, sir. Isaac was a what? A hundred years investment. Abraham Work, labor, have faith, work in faith, believe God for 100 years before Isaac came forth. And God was saying, Give me the 100 years investment. Hmm. You, you have not even done 100 years investment. One year investment, God cannot ask for it. Say, Papa, say, God, this savings, I'm doing a certain investment plan. It's two years investment. <laughs> And God said, give me the two years investment. And um, Papa, God, you wait. Let, let the two years reach. When it reach, and then let's see what happens. Somebody gave 100 years investment. Mm. Mm. Just imagine you have done an investment. And they said this investment will mature in 100 years. Mm. You waited and waited and waited. And then finally, the thing came. It is time to what? Enjoy. Right? Sure. And then God says, eh, oh yeah, give me the investment. What would you do when you finish medical school? You went to medical school for how many years? Six years. And yes, sir. Then God says, drop the medical school and come and do my work. Drop the medicine. <laughs> drop the medicine and go and be an evangelist in the, in the north. Drop the medicine and go and preach in the deprived areas. Can you leave six years investment to respond to the call? Maybe you did law. The first thing Abraham sacrificed was his investment. 100 years, solid. He gave that to Isaac when he was 100 years. He carried Isaac in the womb of his faith for 100 years. Believing God for 100 years. Sowing seed for 100 years. Trusting God for 100 years. Having to do with the mockery and the shame and the chastisement that came with, with being a man without a son. For 100 years. Finally, the sun comes after 100 years. God says, Give him back to me. How I will know you are called is when I see the price you are paying for that call. Yeah. 
So when I meet people that God is using, I don't ask them, what price are you paying? I want to know the price. I love to hear things like that. When I hear people giving testimonies of the price they paid for their callings. For some of them, you don't want to know the price they paid. You only see them on TV, you are happy. Wow! Like an ambulance. You don't know the price they paid for their destinies. Even those who are not Christians, go and find out. Those you admire on TV, the rich men, the billionaires, and whatever, who felt that they had a drive and a direction, go and find out how many hours they sleep a day. You, at this level of your life, you sleep eight hours. You say it's doctor's advice. Continue. <laughs> In the next 30 years, by the time you are 30, if you sleep eight hours every day, by the time you are 30, you have slept for 10 years. And there is never an award for sleeping. This award is presented to Nawachiao <laughs> Tuesday. This award is presented to Mr. Governor for being the Guinness World Record holder for the longest sleep pattern. Anybody who tries that kind of Guinness World Record, you will die in the process. But people can sleep for 20 hours and no we can. Hallelujah. His investment. You have labored all your life trying to achieve something. God says, drop it. Ah. I have planned all my life to be, let's say, let me use any example. Um, I have I have desired all my life. I have I have you know I have gone to school, I have studied, I've done all this to become this. God says, drop it and become what I want you to be, not what you want to become. Can you drop it? Number two. Thing that you must sacrifice is your ambition. You must sacrifice your ambition. Do you know that Abraham had plans for Isaac? Do you know he had plans for Isaac? There is nothing as painful in this world as being a rich man who is about to die and you don't have a child. It, it is one of the most painful things in this world. To be so wealthy, and yet you know when you die, there's one idiot that will come and spend your money. And so, they will their things to a goat, to a dog, to a cat. So when they die, they just give their things to a goat, a dog, a sheep, say, I will my property to a cat. Abraham went there, he got to that. All his ambition died. When you read Genesis chapter 12, verse 5, Abraham now began to ask God. He says, Will Eliezer of Damascus inherit my estate? Seeing that you have not given me a child. Mm. Abraham will wake up every morning, look at all the things he has the servants, the goats, the sheep, the gold, the silver. And you'll be looking at Eliezer's head. <laughs> Say, so is this guy that's coming to inherit me? And for all you know, Eliezer probably was not serious in life. But by custom, since you don't have a son, by custom, whether you like it or not, it is this guy with a head like a question mark. That was, oh my goodness. Imagine having to live with that for 100 years. Then finally, Isaac is born. He said, ah, I now have somebody to take over from me. Somebody from my, I know I didn't labor in vain. And God says, hey, Master, forget that ambition and kill that guy. Kill that guy. Kill that ambition. Can you kill your ambition? Eh? Hello? I... Can you kill your ambition? That I want to be this, I want to be that. It is good. But make sure that your ambition is in line with God's purpose. Yeah. Be ambitious in your calling. That is where to drive your ambition. Don't just wake up and say, I want to be the next um, superstar. <laughs> I want to be the next superstar, you know. And, um, you know, be on the runway every weekend and all. Um, and then, you know, um, interviews and then like 17 micro microphones in front of you. And you're like, um, actually, um, I just came back from the States. And um, that ambition must die. <laughs> Hello. I think I'm preaching. Yes. Wow. Abraham's ambition died because of the calling of God. His ambition died. 
as I'm standing here, I don't have ambition. I'm only ambitious about my calling. There is no other ambition anyway. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The day I resign, every ambition died. Now she cannot go far away. Hallelujah. Amen. go away. Every ambition died. I'm only ambitious about my calling. Ambitious to raise the dead. Ambitious to open blind eyes. Ambitious to let people. So those are my ambitions now. Latest what? Latest what? Do I have the money now? It will come later. But now that ambition, I don't have ambition in life. I'm only ambitious in my calling. That was where Abraham got to. The only guy who was to inherit him. God said, give him to me. Ambition so Abraham planned how he was going to do the handing over. How he was going to call, you know, the kings. You know, Abraham had kings at his beck and call. See, this is the guy who is about to take over from me. Abraham and Sons Company Limited. Ah. And God said, hey, 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 That ambition dies now because the guy who is to inherit will kill him. Mm. Imagine. Every ambition must die. Any ambition that is not in line with your calling and God's purpose for your life. In the place of sacrifice, ambition dies. You, you don't desire to become anything than what God wants you to become. Yeah. Yeah. My father had ambitions for my life. He wanted me to follow his, his lead, become a chartered accountant, professor. In that lane, that ambition is there though. <laughs> it is there. Even if I become professor, I be professor in theology. Yeah. Ambition, dead. I was planning to buy a Renova. Ambition paid. Once I have planned my salary, I look at my, my income. I said, no, if I take a loan of this amount and add, I'll get a nice Renova. Ambition, Yazu. <laughs> there was one guy when I was buying my phone, my iPhone, the first one I bought it, I said, Charlie, do you know something? Every six months, ten months, or six months, when a new one comes, I'll just come and take Ask me when I change, when has I changed my food. Ambition is dead. I don't even want to know the latest one. I don't want to know it. Because I cannot afford it now. Am I talking to somebody yes. here? Yeah. Ambition must die. The thing. Hey, my cover leg of Are you here with me? Yes, sir. Satisfaction. It is actually supposed to be investment followed by satisfaction before ambition so satisfaction is the second one okay yes sir. you know the meaning of isaac mm. isaac means what laughter so god is saying that whatever brings you laughter kill it mm-hmm. whatever gives you laughter or joy pleasure kill it so on this note god expects you whatever gives you earthly pleasure on the mountain the expectation of God is that in this way, when He calls you, you must sacrifice anything that gives you pleasure. Any pleasure. Anything. The meaning of Isaac is laughter. So God was saying that, <laughs> give me your laughter. Mm. So, if Abraham's special expression was, if when Isaac came, after Isaac was taking, how did Abraham from? I can't, I can't depict it. But I'm sure he, he, was, he began to from because laughter has been taken from you. Abraham, good morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything that gives you any pleasure, God said, sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of you, the pleasure you have in this world is that boyfriend. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. You don't joke with him. That guy makes you so happy. Meanwhile, that happiness you are getting is not in line with God's plan and purpose for your life. God said, sacrifice that happiness. Sacrifice it. Maybe it's a movie. Hey, that movie you can't do without it. And God says, sacrifice it. I know it gives you pleasure. Let it go. Just imagine God taking your laughter. And you are busy singing song, Obama Mastery. That is why when you see people who God has called, many of them they don't smile a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Their laughter has been taken away. 
Sometimes, once I just open my phone, I say, oh, Mondays are my resting days because, you know, uh, the week is so tiring sometimes. Sometimes you wake up at one, you sleep at this time. But let me just watch a little movie. I'm not very good with movies, so normally what I do is I watch old movies. The ones I've already watched, I'm not good at setting for later. Mm. I'll go and watch my old deadly movie like that. I'll go and watch old Taichi. <laughs> I know all the story, like I'll just be watching. Then once you just put it there, the Holy Ghost will whisper to you. Have you finished writing your books? Don't forget to have one. Then make you realize that, okay, okay. So Monday now, you ask my wife. I say, oh, Monday are my resting days. Sometimes I'll just go and sit by her in the, in the hall. I'll just be there, keeping her company. Then I'll tell her, I'm coming right now. Once I enter, Three hours later, say, ah, but I, I thought you said today is your resting day. Say, no, I had to attend to something yeah. very urgent. Probably that moment, somebody has sent the message, Papa, I'm not feeling well. Papa, this, Papa, that. The, the holiday is over. <laughs> Anything that gives you pleasure, too much. God is not saying, no, have fun. Don't get to me and say, oh, Papa, now you are saying we shouldn't smile again. So after service, everybody's like, God has taken away my smile. <laughs> Hello? That's what I'm saying. But God is saying that anything that gives you pleasure outside of Him, God wants to be your only source of pleasure. Yeah. Sacrifice it. That was what God meant when He said, Give me Isaac. Give me your joy. Give me your laughter. Give me your satisfaction. Hallelujah. Amen. The fourth one. The fourth one. We are almost ending. The fourth one is you have to sacrifice some associations or affinity. Alright? Now just imagine how Sarah felt when Abraham told Sarah that he's going to kill Isaac. No, think about it. How did Sarah feel? You know, women are more emotional than men. And no. <laughs> This woman has been believing God for a child for 90 years. She gave it to Isaac at 90. Then you wake up one day and say, eh, I'm going to kill him. Do you know what? There's, when you read the account of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac, Sarah's name is not mentioned. Do you know why? If they decide to tell us what Sarah said, it will be like them books. If the Bible was to record Sarah's reaction and the things she said, 15 books. So the Holy Ghost didn't even include it. I'm sure Sarah was in pain. But Abraham said, I know you are in pain, but I will obey God than your pain. Yeah. You know, many of you cannot get to this level. Where your, your, your priority is obeying God than what anybody feels. If you haven't gotten there, your calling has not begun. If you cannot push aside somebody's feeling, and focus on obeying and pleasing God. You haven't started. Just imagine how Sarah was feeling. I'm sure for a very long time. And you know after that, there is nowhere where Abraham and the Bible records that Abraham and Sarah spoke. There was no record after that sacrifice, sacrificial encounter. There was nowhere the Bible says that Abraham said to I, Sarah, or Sarah said to because I'm sure after that time, Omuntenen you find me. Oh yes. Even Isaac, I decided to do my own research. I said, let me check. After this encounter, there was nowhere in the Bible where the Bible says Abraham said to Isaac, or Isaac said to Abraham, fine. So Abraham died. You tried to kill me. <laughs> you tried to kill me. I'm sure Isaac was telling Abraham. God has exposed you. <laughs> Just imagine Isaac telling his father Abraham, the father of faith. Ah, so all this while, he wanted to use me for money rituals. Daddy, you want to use me for money rituals, but my God is alive. <laughs> hey, my God is a living God. He has posed you. I'm sure from that time, Abraham and Isaac, you're fine. Dad, is there anybody in your life that you are not like that with a game because you decided to serve God. Mm. I'm asking a question. Can you mention one person's name 
who is not fine with you anymore just because you said you serve God. If you can't mention about three, you haven't started. Your problem is you want to please everybody and still please God. Meanwhile, you don't know that God's priorities are different from people's priorities. If I was bent on pleasing my father and my mother, I would be standing here. Ah. I had to get to a point where I said, listen, no matter how much my mother cries, no matter how much I love my mother, no matter how much I love my dad, their feelings can wait. Their tears should wait. I'd rather please God. If you haven't got it to that point, your calling will be a miscall. Who is offended because you are obeying God? Who is bitter because you are obeying God? Who have you cut off from just because of your calling? Who have you cut off from? Abraham sacrifices associations. Even his wife. Look at the scripture. Give, then give me the scripture. Matthew 10 37. Matthew 10 37. We are ending. Matthew chapter 10 verse 37. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Matthew 10 37. Speak in tongues for 30 seconds wherever you Speak in tongues. Is it there? Alright. One, two, three, like a mouse squad. Let's go. Uh huh. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. <laughs> I think we should tear this from the Bible. No, we have to tear from the Bible. Is, is, it, is, it, is it your Bible like that? Or I'm the one saying it? God is saying that if you love your father more than me, you can't, you can't, you are not worthy. Look at the you are not worthy. If you love your mother more than me, you are not worthy. The Bible says, obey your parents. But love is for God. I was telling my wife, I love you with my kidney, with my liver, but my heart is for God. The day God will instruct me, if I have to step on your legs to obey God, I will do it. It's a level that you must get to in your walk with God. Where God is not second class, He's not third class. You must sometimes of necessity, not because you want to, but you are offending people and you are crying that you offended them in your secret place. But you must obey God. Do you know what it means to carry your son to go and kill him? You think Abraham was jubilating when he was carrying Isaac to go and kill him? Some relationships must end after this service. Some numbers must be deleted after this service. Some friendships must end. Some visits must end after this service because of the calling. Because of the calling. The final thing. The first one is what? You must sacrifice your investment. Number two is what? Your satisfaction. Number three is what? Your ambition. Number four is what? Association. Number five is your comfort. Your what? Now let's let's do this mental exercise together. Now, can you imagine a hundred-year-old man taking a three-day journey? It didn't end there. A hundred-year-old man climbing a mountain. No, you some of you even the staircase when you're climbing. Who drew and say, hey? Oh. The stairs is too is too long. Just the staircase. Some of you when you climb it. If like, let's do an exercise, let's all go down and let's run and climb. Some of you, when you get to the top, you'll be panting. As the dear panted for. <laughs> a hundred year old man climbing the mountain, no big joke. That is what it means to obey God. It's not at the expense of your comfort. Some people cannot wake up at 6 a.m. and join Arise Morning Prayers. Their sleep is too important than their prayer. This generation, they want to serve God comfortably. And that's the generation, comfortably. They want comfort. Just if there was no AC in this room, some people will not come to the house. I saw in the voice, you fuck. But if you comfort. Thank God for all of those acts of excellence, ACs, they are all good, you know, but that shouldn't be the determining factor.
factor of whether to go to church or not. Those days, people will walk miles, not to crusade or anything. Rehearsals. You see choristers in their tents with their Bible like this, and they are singing on their way. They go for rehearsals, they finish, and they sing back. Today, why did you come to church? I didn't iron my dress on time. <laughs> why did you come to church? I was washing. I was washing Sunday morning. I was washing. This one is, is the one that even annoys Satan. I didn't say it annoys God or me. It annoys Satan. Why did you come to church on Sunday? I didn't wake up early. <laughs> the Satan is offended. See, even me, I don't make this mistake. Even Satan, you must be ready to sacrifice your comfort to obey God. Yeah. You must be ready. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes, sir. You must be what? So the rule call simply means that when God calls you, he has an expectation. Like your teacher has an expectation in class when he calls your name. Like the army commander has an expectation when he calls the name of a police officer or a military man. When God calls your name, he has an expectation. He expects you to be at the place of sacrifice. Every calling, this month is an amount of callings and giftings. Every calling will come with a sacrifice. Every calling in God. Look at the occultic realm. Even God, God is not demanding from too much from us. I think some of you were. If you become occultist, you won't last one week. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. You don't you don't have the discipline to be an occultist. When they say bring your mother, can you bring? That's how you die like a goat. Praise the Lord. God is not asking for too much. Say, oh no, look at the things God is asking for. When God even said he should kill Isaac, did God allow him to kill him? Oh. The roll call is still on. God is still mentioning your name. God is mentioning your name. Every morning he mentions your name. Every afternoon he mentions your name. Every evening he mentions your name. And when he mentions your name, he expects you to be at the place of sacrifice. Everybody get on your feet. For listening. We hope you were blessed by this message. For this and more, follow Pastor Mark on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to share this message with friends and loved ones. Stay connected. We celebrate you.